ever nearly killed a friend with peanut? Def- okay, two questions. Define friend. Um, co-worker and friend. Okay, all right. Uh, no. And how... Well, Peanuts as a projectile or peanuts as a, as no, a yeah. food stuff? Yeah, peanuts as a food stuff. Well, okay. not even peanuts as a food stuff. Traces of nuts as a food stuff. Traces. You have to watch out for that. I made cupcakes one day and I put chocolate rocks on top and the chocolate rocks had traces of nuts. And Matt, our friend, he's he had a rash and he like, was struggling to breathe and I really thought that um, I was going to be the cause of his death and I was really worried about that. Had Matt... Had he threatened you in some way? Were you <laughs> jealous of him in the in the workplace? I was workplace? trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice, and it just backfired. Can we? Matt pulled through. Okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's still with us. Yeah. Hope he's listening. <laughs> How are you, Matt? Why Why are you asking me questions? Oh, because about today we're talking about peanuts ah, on okay. Ingredipedia. Not we're not. This isn't the Ingredipedia <laughs> killing episode. No. Okay. Um, interesting fact: peanuts are not actually a true nut. Did you know that? They belong to the legume family. I, I did know that, but that's okay. letting the listeners know that we've both been Googling, <laughs> madly Googling peanuts well, for the last two weeks. Another really interesting introductory fact is that they don't grow on trees, but they grow on a small bush with the kernels growing under the ground. Mm. That is so weird. I had no idea that that was a thing. I feel like... There's not a lot of foods th- that you know how they grow. <laughs> That's true. Every week I will discover something amazing about If you've listened to the nature. pineapple episode, <laughs> Emily had learnt about how pineapples grow from playing a computer game and peanuts she just doesn't know anything about. No. Okay. Um, all right. Well, today we're going to talk about peanuts. So let's uh, shoot into round one. Cool. And uh, I, I'm going to start us off. Okay. What I've realised over my uh, research is that peanuts are woven through the history, particularly of the United States. And maybe this is a function of the internet being overwhelmingly American. But every peanut story that I found somehow intersected with a moment in American history. From the fact that uh, peanuts were, um, their popularity can be linked to P.T. Barnum's circuses where Peanuts being a, a, a circus snack, um, okay. carried them right across the country with the elephants and big tops that P.T. Barnum, the, the famous show, showman, uh, carried across the, the United States. But also the fact that it was uh, a, a, a baseball snack. So it, again, was carried across the country with the popularity of baseball. There's a, a fondness for peanuts in America. And I think I've been able to trace it back to a moment and a, quite quite a crystallizing moment in in US history that's the American Civil War which is when the peanut had its moment so I'm going to take you back to the American Civil War mm-hmm. the two sides are fighting the union union in the north and the confederates in the south the union were were very um well resourced so they had railways and roads and um and spoiler alert they won uh, okay. and that's why <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, slavery was abolished, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's how the Civil War ended up. But um, the, in the North, they, were, they, were, they had infrastructure, they were well-resourced. In the South, however, the Confederate Army were relatively poorly served. So things like 
food and supplies were difficult to transport to them. Uh, and so what's a really cheap, readily available food source when you're trapped, cornered, unable to, to get supplies to you? Peanuts. Peanuts are an excellent and cheap source of protein and nutrition in general, and they grow, as you mentioned earlier, easily under the ground. Um, you can just sort of grab a handful of the of the shrub and up come the nuts. So, so weird. Basically, they were necessary to keep the Confederate troops in the South alive. Uh, and so they were valued very highly. They were given cute nicknames like the Gooba Pea. That's not cute. That's disgusting. <laughs> okay. Well, they were given disgusting <laughs> nicknames. But they were, like one of the nicknames given to them was the Gooba Pea. And they were so loved that there were songs written about them by the really? Confederate Army. Um, and... Um, those songs travelled through as as folk songs do and as as, as folklore does, um, from uh, the the American Civil War through to today. And so some of these songs are still celebrated. Uh, I'm going to play you a bit of a song by the American uh, folk singer and folklorist Burl Ives from I think this is about 1968 on uh, American television, or maybe a little bit earlier, 65 or thereabouts. There's another voice in here you might know, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. And actually, Burl explains, maybe um, a, li- a little untruly, the, uh, the source of the term goober peas. songs were sad during the Civil War. Some were kind of funny, humorous. There's one, there's a story about this. There's a fellow pulled up some weeds once and there's some little things on the roots. They turned out to be peanuts. Now the fellow that pulled up the weeds, his name was Mr. Goober. So they were known as Goober Peas. Shall we sing it? Yeah, let's do it. Sitting by the roadside on a summer's day, chatting with my messmates, passing time away, laying in the shadows underneath the trees. Goodness, how delicious eating goober peas. Peas, 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 eating goober peas. Goodness, how delicious eating goober peas. <laughs> my grandpa called them ground peas, I think. Yes. Now, when a horseman passes, the soldiers have a rule to cry out at their loudest. Hey, mister, here's your view. I'm going to cut it off there uh, because it goes on for a long time. And really, <laughs> the, the best part of the song is where they just say peas, 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 peas. The, the other voice you heard in there? Em? No. no? Johnny Cash. Oh, it did sound like that, The actually. man in black singing about goober peas. That's how loved peanuts are in the South of America. They helped them lose the Civil War. Interesting. Well, thank you. Thank you. We'll, I, I, we'll let I the public decide. I know nothing about history. I don't know how to comment on that. <laughs> Enlightening. Okay, sure. I'm so glad I don't have a peanut allergy because it would be so stressful not knowing if the thing you're eating is going to make you stop breathing. Like that is terrifying to me. That's Because you don't st- know if it's got traces of nuts. That's high stakes. That's mm. some high stakes snacks right there. Yeah. Um, so I think like... In recent times, the common advice was to avoid peanuts for as long as you can if you are a kid because then if you don't eat them, you won't be allergic to them. Mm-hmm. But then actually recently there was a study 
that found that eating peanuts slashes the chance of peanut allergy, at least in children that are at a high risk of developing one, um, which is all well and good for babies. But what about people who already have peanut allergies? Could they like have less of a peanut allergy if they kind of eat a little tiny bit of peanut? Mm. doesn't really make sense. But someone developed peanut patches, which are like nicotine patches, but with peanut protein in them. Okay. And that actually helps people. So um, it, de- it delivers tiny amounts of peanut protein through your skin, but it doesn't go far enough to reach your blood, which means like the worst that's going to happen is you'll get a rash, but your body slowly gets used to peanuts. And so after one year, people who had the highest dose of peanut patch... Well, could, hang on. Could I, you got to wear this thing for a year. Like, uh, every, like well, you just walk you around. Probably just, I, don't know, I don't know how nicotine patches work. I think you get like packs of them. So maybe you get like a new peanut patch every day or something. But, but like every day for a year, you got to put a patch on so that you can eat peanuts. Is it worth it? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> That's the, the stupidest question I, I've ever heard. I, I, knew that, I knew the answer. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was testing you on your past. <laughs> well, they could to- tolerate 10 times as much peanut protein, which is on average four peanuts more. <laughs> so, okay, for a year <laughs> of wearing this patch. I don't know if that's one dose in a year or like just each time you eat it, you can have four peanuts. But <laughs> hopefully it's like each time you eat it because otherwise, yeah, maybe it's not worth it. Em, could I ask a question um, without notice? The peanut patch, is it shaped like a peanut? Because I'm picturing no. like a like a little kid's band aid shaped like a peanut that you can like wear on your hand. Nah, I think it's round and kind of looks like a round band aid. Well, they've, mis- they've missed a trick. Yeah, true. Okay, a year of wearing a patch for four peanuts. That seems <laughs> that seems worth it. Okay, round two. I want to talk to you about sauce made of peanuts. Emily, what would you call a sauce made of peanuts? Peanut sauce. Correct. <laughs> a lot of people, and you passed my test. Um, I've got more tests for you. <laughs> um, but a lot of people will say uh, a sauce of pe- that, that satay sauce. All right. They'd be wrong. Satay refers to the meat, sometimes tofu or sometimes vegetable, but you, usually, typically... Uh, a meat and traditionally a minced meat packed onto a bamboo skewer. Um, that That's what satay is. Peanut sauce is just one of many sauces that can be served with satay. In Indonesia, it's known as bumbu kacang, which is literally peanut sauce. Stay with me because uh, I want to talk about the journey of the peanut. So the peanut itself is um, from South America, uh, and it reached Indonesia, which is where satay is from. It's from Java, or depending on who you believe, some people will say it's from Lombok, which is an island uh, just to the uh, west of um, Java. Um, So how did it get there? The peanut was brought to Indonesia via Portuguese traders in the 16th century, where it was quickly assimilated into local dishes. and one of those local dishes was a sauce that could be enjoyed with satay, one of the many sauces. Indonesia was also a Dutch colony. I mean, it's, a, it's the Spice Island, so the spice trade was coming through there. We had the Portuguese coming through there. There was um, English, there was uh, 
Spanish, all sorts of traders coming through there. But the Dutch and the Dutch East Indies Company was very fond of Indonesia and, in fact, colonized it. Uh, so until 1945, Indonesia was a Dutch colony when the fall of the occupying Japanese forces during World War II created a power vacuum that led to uh, Indonesian independence and the Dutch people being expelled. Are you still with me? No. Okay. <laughs> get to peanuts. Okay. I'll get back to peanuts. So as many as 600,000 Dutch and Dutch Indonesian or Indish people, as they're known, were sent on boats, like expelled from, from Indonesia, sent on boats to Holland in the, say, 10 years after World War Two, So you've got uh, a large sort of Dutch-Indonesian diaspora in Holland. Uh, and so it's not surprising that the peanut sauce went with them, the bumbu kacang went with them. Um, and so now it's a common side dish in the Netherlands. So it's travelled oh, from right. South America via the Portuguese to Indonesia. Now it's in the Netherlands. Besides being used in certain traditional Indonesian and Dutch Indonesian dishes, it's also just a regular kind of side in Holland. Uh, so if you're having a barbecue in, in Holland, you just have peanut sauce with your sausages. Uh, or also with French fries. And this, this one caught my eye. There's a popular combination that's available at Dutch fast food outlets, which is French fries with mayonnaise and peanut sauce. Whoa. And often with raw chopped onions. I don't know if that's... I, I mean, I'd definitely try it. Mm. I don't know about mayonnaise and peanut sauce. Well, the, the Dutch are very fond with it and they call it patat orlog or orlog, which is literally French fries war, <laughs> which is, I think, a little insensitive because it feels to me like the Dutch people have taken 145 years of like colonial occupation and summed it up in a potato dish that they've named after a war. Maybe that's just like its brand name and they're just like doing it to get a rise out of people so they sell more. Well, I've fallen <laughs> for their trap, the 145-year ruse that the Dutch people have been putting together. So that is the international journey of the peanut via mm. bumbu kacang, but via uh, what is commonly known as satay sauce, erroneously uh, <laughs> as peanut sauce. Well, my round two um, fact starts off with a test. So... Out of oh. all these snack foods, you have to tell me which one's your favourite. Okay. Well, I can't go wrong here then, can I? <laughs> Nuts, potato chips, corn chips, same category, twisties or cheezels, <laughs> pretzels. Em, you just did air brackets. I've got to take you through how radio works. I've been doing a grammar course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, popcorn. Yeah. Or crackers. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to go with corn chips on this one. I'm a big fan oh, of the corn okay. chip. Well, according to this personality test, you're a perfectionist, punctual, true, conservative, what? responsible, yeah, and have high expectations. You have just summed me up <laughs> to a T, and I think listeners will agree by my perfect grammar and punctual nature of them downloading this podcast. Um, what does it, well, it, what's yours? Um, I can't decide. So Well, you know the answers, so you, you <laughs> yeah. don't want to reveal anything about exactly. yourself. Um, but this um, peanut, well, this snack food personality quiz was developed in 2001 by the head of Chicago's Smell and Taste Center when he released a book called What Flavor Is Your Personality? <laughs> so there's a whole book on this. Like it's not just this one quiz. You can um, find out heaps about yourself through food. Do you know anything about <laughs> the Smell and Taste Center? 
I actually, I didn't read that and I just ended up on the website and I'm like, it's a sign. It's a sign my taste buds don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, he's a neurologist. So he actually, it's not, it may be true. uh, (laughs) His personality traits. He um, surveyed the snacking habits of 800 volunteers. um, And yeah, basically it found out that people who like nuts more than all those other snacks are easygoing, empathetic, understanding, calm, and have an even keel nature. And when um, they're looking for like a date, the only other um, snack food personality group that is compatible with nuts is other nuts. Right. So every all the other snack foods like match up with other ones, but nuts just go with nuts and maybe potato chips. Mate, like, but just in brackets, maybe. Like, so I'm not. I'm just not the right person for a nut person because of my perfectionist, punctual, yeah. exacting ways as a corn chip yeah. fan. Is that because of the corners? I don't know. I didn't actually look up. I didn't get the matching part. I only looked up the snack food part. What if you just like all of them and you just like snacks? Yeah, I don't think you thought of that. Well, I don't know. I'm going to write to the small <laughs> taste centre. I'm going to pick at them any minute now. Okay, well, I think I'm happy with my result. Yeah, there's definitely worse ones. Okay. That's kind of like just says nothing. Cool. <laughs> all right. If you like, um, yeah, if you like crackers, it says rational, logical, contemplative, shy, prefers time alone. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go crackers. I feel like I have to admit something. I, I kind of feel like I'm admitting every time I say this out loud to, I don't know, being a drug addict or something. But um, I've worked in... This is hard for me to say. Sorry, just give me a second. I've worked in advertising on and off for the last 11 <laughs> years. I know you're all judging me now, but... um. Uh, I'm not ashamed. I've done some interesting things in advertising. But one thing I've never been able to create is one of those enduring characters. You know, like oh, yeah. Louis the Fly or I can't think of anything like the Bonds um, guy. Or that's not really a good example. Um, Louis the Fly's pretty... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Well, like Louis the Fly. Yeah. I want to think of another one. Uh, Sid the Seagull from the Slip Slop Slap ads. <laughs> I would have been happy with that. Norm from Life Be In It. That would have been a good one. Didn't oh, yeah. invent. I didn't invent any of those. The closest I ever got was uh, Target Christmas campaign, and I guess it was two thousand and five or thereabouts. Um, uh, we invented uh, the um, sort of a troop of Mission Impossible style elves called the Wish P- Patrol, and they had like a van, and they were like listening to your wishes, and then they drop down your chimney and bring you the. Anyway, classic virtual idea. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that was the closest I ever got, but I never. Invented a classic, I'd never say never, but up to this point, no, I'm never going to do it. <laughs> have invented like a classic advertising character, a classic kind of brand mascot. Um, so I'm very, very jealous of Mr. Peanut. Now, Mr. Peanut is, as he sounds, a peanut. He's the, he's the, uh, the brand mascot and the character from uh, Planters Peanuts, which is an American peanut label. So um, would you believe that? Next year, Mr. Peanut turns 100 years old. Wow. And I'll just describe... Is he a cartoon? He's a cartoon. So, he was invented in 1916 by a young schoolboy called Antonio Gentile. 
who submitted drawings for an anthropomorphic peanut. Uh, and then a commercial artist named Andrew S. Wallach added a monocle, a top hat, and a cane. So he's a classy peanut. <laughs> so I don't know if you can picture him now. He's like you, you would have seen in, in photos of like Times Square in the 1950s or 1940s, like this big peanut with like a, a flashing peanut with a top hat that he doffs. Yeah. Um, oh, and just a side note, uh, Antonio Gentile, the boy who invented Mr. Peanut, although he didn't add the monocle and top hat and cane, which I think really is what makes <laughs> Mr. Peanut Mr. Peanut. Uh, he received $5 for the submission. Wow. Was that like a lot of money in that time? <laughs> I guess it, in 1916 <laughs> it probably was about as much as I made for inventing the Target Wish <laughs> Patrol. Um, so Pe- Mr. Peanut's been going for 100 years next year. Uh, and he's been a lot of things. Obviously, he's featured in all of the Planters Peanuts advertising. There's also uh, a statue of him, according to Wikipedia, that then uh, was removed shortly after the photo was taken. Uh, he was in an episode of The Simpsons, one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons. Oh, I hated those episodes. Yeah, they were always <laughs> disappointed. It's like, oh man, not one of them. Um, but one thing was always missing from Mr. Peanut. Although he had a top hat and a monocle and a cane, he had no voice. Oh, I hate it when characters don't have a voice. He's never it's been voiced. Like Humphrey. Well, yeah, Humphrey's pretty creepy. <laughs> no pants, no voice. Um, he never had a voice until 2010 when they decided to voice Mr. Peanut. And there's a lot of thinking that goes into that. When you've got a, a mascot that at this point was, you know, uh, 94 years old, uh, what are you going to... Um, you know, who, who's going to, what, what kind of voice? Obviously, yeah. it's going to be cultured. It's going to be classy. Well, look, I've got the audio here. I'm going to play you um, a commercial from 2010 called The New Mr. Peanut. If anybody's listening from the United States, you're probably going, we know, it's <laughs> beep. But uh, in Australia, we don't actually have Mr. Peanut. So this is exciting. Uh, Emily, you need to tell me who you think Mr. Peanut is. You'll hear a couple of voices here, but the main voice, the main voice is Mr. Peanut. Uh, he's he's hosting a party and uh, you'll hear a, uh, an, a nutcracker enter the party, which is uh, the, uh, another character who has previously tried to eat Mr. Peanut. Anyway. So wait, am I guessing who the voice is? Who is the voice of Mr. Peanut? It's the main voice you hear. Okay. Okay. At Planners, we know how to throw a remarkable holiday party, just serve classy snacks and be a gracious host, no matter who shows up. Richard, didn't think you were going to make it. Hey, sorry about last week. I don't know what got into me. Yeah, well, forgive and forget, kind of. I don't think so. Do you like nuts? So there you have it. Mm -hmm. 2010, new Mr. Peanut. Uh, Johnny Cash? (laughs) That was Burl Ives. Folk singer Burl Ives. No, you don't. You don't. Didn't recognize the voice. No. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, really? I thought it was too slick for Mr. Peanut. Like, I would expect like a little bit. Like, I don't know. He sounded like a movie star, which I guess mm. is correct. Yeah, true. Uh, it was a controversial choice, and not everyone loved it. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't think it's hurt Robert Downey Jr.'s career any, being <laughs> the voice of Mr. Peanut. What do you think Plumpy Nut is? It sounds like a cushion shaped like a peanut. I'm going with that. Lock it in. Um, incorrect. It's actually um, something that's saving the world. It's a peanut-based paste used to fight malnutrition. Uh, so it's peanut-based and it's paste. 
Yeah. Is it just peanut butter? Um, no, it's inspired by Nutella. So it's got um, peanut paste. Well, like obviously ground up peanuts, yep. vegetable oil, mm. milk powder, no chocolate, unlike Nutella. But it has sugar, vitamins and dietary minerals. So it's high energy, high protein and high nutrients. Mm. So, um, yeah, the thing, the good thing about it is that it has a two year shelf life and you don't need any water to administer it and you don't need to be in a hospital to administer it. So, and you don't need a doctor to be there. So it's like really good for famine situations and treating kids um, with malnutrition so they can, they can just have the plumpy nut paste and it kind of um, helps them maintain their body weight and get like all the nutrients and stuff back into them. So it's like, I found it like so interesting, yeah. but it's just like this, it's like a little packet. Like, okay, um, yeah, that's what, uh, what, uh, yeah. what I was going to ask. Like, how is it administered? Like, well, I think you just like, it's like, a, I think it's like a little um, foil packet and you like tear off the top and kind of like, I guess, just like push the paste out into your mouth. And it's being kind of shipped around the world yeah. too. Yeah, so like um, UNICEF, the World Health Organization and Doctors Without Borders all use plumpy nut or products like plumpy nut to yeah fight fight um malnutrition in like africa and places this like is that. like it's really important and it's saving lives mm. and i don't want to make light of it but why is it called plumpy nut does it because it feels like it needs a more serious name yeah true actually well it was it was i don't know like it was invented by a french pediatric nutritionist so maybe he was like trying to be a bit cute or like kid friendly okay. like just have some plumpy nut <laughs> it feels like it needs a scientific name, like H7952. <laughs> well, the thing that it works more effectively than is F100. Okay. So maybe he was like trying to create a point of difference with what we got. Wow. It, maybe this French pediatrician had, had worked in advertising <laughs> or something like that. Pumpy Nut saving the world. Mm. Wow. So peanuts this episode have uh, been... Uh, Celebrated in song and sung about by Johnny Cash. Yeah. They've been in the form of patches. They've travelled the world via South America to Portugal to Indonesia to Holland where they were somewhat tritely named. Um, they've told us a little bit about our personality and the fact that if you like nuts, you're only compatible with people who also like nuts. Uh, they were shaped like men wearing Monocles and top hats and voiced by Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and um, they're, yeah, used to fight malnutrition um, all over the world. Well, there you have our peanut facts. That has been the peanut episode of Ingredipedia. Uh, you can vote for your favourite fact uh, at uh, Instagram at Ingredipedia. Find out more at ingredipedia.com.au and uh, tune in next week. We'll talk about another food and... Um, make some startling admissions about ourselves and uh, the way we've wasted our lives <laughs> on advertising and things like that. Thanks for listening.